what do they call it? They call it uh, Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. That's right. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is The Royale with Cheese, Episode 5. We're going to break down Crawl, the one who flew the cuckoo's nest, and Jaws. So starting off with Crawl, we got an interesting prospect here. Interesting, we have, to say the least. We have the Florida Gators women swimmer who isn't even top of her class versus <laughs> these wild gators that are bigger than anyone's ever seen. No, the, uh, basically it's just uh, she f- swims for the Florida Gators, D1 athlete, and uh, there's a hurricane in Florida. So this is obviously great, great, great foreshadowing for what's to come if you didn't watch the trailers. Um, so she has to go back and find her dad because her dad's not answering the phones. She, even though it's like a Category 5 hurricane, she's like, ah, screw it. I'm going to go back. She goes back to find her dad. Her dad's not at the apartment. Of course, he's at his old house in the bayou, basically, in every way. So she has to go all the way there. She finds her dad. He's passed out in the basement. This basement is completely open to elements. And guess what's down there with him? An alligator. Now, to play off this, I mean, this alligator is no normal alligator. I mean, this is like the Goliath alligator there's that like, you saw on the golf course that we all saw back three years ago. Okay, there's there's actually like ten gators, and they're all gigantic. Yeah, they're all well, like 20 foot, off with one. They're but, all 20-foot gators, pretty much. But apparently, this was inspired by a true hurricane that actually alligators killed people. For real? Yeah, that's what it says. All right. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, you, probably very loosely. Like, they saw one guy die with, like, a bite on him. And they're like, hey, he died by alligators. Honestly, though, I mean, um, the runtime's an hour, 27 minutes. Which, if you know anything about me, I absolutely love a movie that keeps it tight and keeps it short. And even though this movie has, like, nothing really crazy about it. The CGI is passable. The plot is so-and-so. It's it's not a bad movie. I mean, it, it was just it was there. Like I okay, all right, maybe you maybe disagree with me here, but I actually I enjoyed myself for parts of it. And once again, you only invested an hour and twenty seven minutes of your time into it. So how bad can it be? I agree. I think uh, short time movies are the best. Like I liked A Quiet Place a lot because it was shorter, and I like I just like shorter movies. But for Crawl, it was uh, very interesting because they had things with the dad where you sat there and you're like wow this is realistic the i'm gonna break into spoilers a little bit the gator bit off his arm and you're like wow that's kind of realistic and then you have very unrealistic things like she's out swimming all the gators or she gets bit by a gator and nothing comes off on her she's perfectly fine she doesn't break any bones but yet the dad has like 14 broken bones yeah i will agree with you here it seems like whenever the gators attack the dad it seemed like realistic you're like oh dude they did like the death spin or whatever it's like ah, oh, dude that's pretty realistic like ripping off his arm and stuff but when she was attacked it was just like she was only got like one little claw mark on her which is pretty funny also, my favorite part is when uh, the gator bites her arm and she's able to still release about 12 shots into the gator's mouth with her Glock in her hand. Favorite part of the movie. Okay, I'll never doubt the Glock. Never <laughs> doubt the Glock. Yeah, this this movie, I mean, it was um, it, it was fun, I guess. I mean, basically, the house starts flooding, so they have to climb up from the basement to the main floor, the main floor to the, apart, to the top floor top floor to the roof so it keeps going up like each level and they have to get, get past these gators and these gators are constantly circling and ready to attack at any moment you know so it, it had a lot of jump scares and i actually think it, most of them were pretty effective i know for uh, we went to go see it with a buddy and he was uh 
He was jumping pretty much the whole time. So. But he's not a good judge because he jumps at everything that <laughs> comes true. across the screen. He is not a great judge of this, but he was jumping. And I, I you know what? Like I said, like I can't bash it too much because they didn't do anything that was super offensive to me. And the jump scares and everything were pretty good about it. I mean, like I said, the, the alligators were passable CGI. So I mean, they did have that dumb one jump scare in the beginning with the tree going through the window. And realistically, I mean, that one got me the most. I, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, no, the staircase, the very first gator scene got uh, me because I thought true, it was going to eat the dog. Like, how, okay, how does the dog make it? Can you explain this one to me? How does the dog make it? But besides the point, I mean, it was kind of creepy. It, I will give it. It, like, did actually seem kind of scary a little bit. But the gators, there were scenes where they looked really realistic. And then there were scenes where you're like, I'm not sure if that's a gator or just a blob. Over yeah, there. that's actually what I, I totally agree with you. Some scenes, especially, I know one scene in particular, they kind of did like a close-up of the alligator. It's one of the very first scenes with the alligator or the crocodile. I don't know which it is. It's going to be an alligator because it's Florida. Crocodiles are in Africa. No, I thought crocodiles no, were saltwater. No, alligators have long snouts. Yeah, No, crocodiles are saltwater. Yeah, but wouldn't it be saltwater? Alligators do go in saltwater, but okay. they mainly salt. You're right, you're Florida, right. You're right Florida, Florida has a bayou. Yeah. Okay. So the alligators, some of the scenes were, the CGI was pretty well done, and then Seth's right. Some of the other scenes, obviously, just didn't have enough money or something. They couldn't make every shot look good. But overall, I didn't think they were, like, super bad or anything. I thought most mostly it was passable. I mean, like I said, this is a fun movie to go out and go see. I mean, you're not going to be watching anything great. But, I mean, for an hour and 27 minutes, I mean, you can't really bash it too much. I mean, it, it didn't waste your time i guess i would say the biggest thing that was blown out of proportion was her swimming like how she can outswim yeah she's like a d1 athlete but from what you saw in the beginning she's not even the best one there i mean i don't know what they were doing a little michael phelps trope <laughs> over there when she got her hoodie on and you're like you're like this is like i remember this in the olympics just with the michael phelps and not her yeah actually this this movie usually i write about 10 to 12 notes on uh per movie so i can remember them and this movie i just had one and it was how fast can an alligator swim and then how fast can the fastest woman swim and an average alligator can swim up to 20 miles an hour now okay. the fastest swimmer i'm looking up currently it's giving me times so i'm gonna have to look up miles per hour so go all right ahead. anyways yeah she was there's one scene where the dad says they have to like swim to this like buoy eh, not buoy they swim to this like boat and so the dad's like the dad the whole time has been like you're the apex predator you can beat everyone and he's been like you're faster than the alligators you can swim there quicker so seth so the fastest swimmer that's even a male okay is only five miles an hour a little over, <laughs> a little over five miles an hour. I mean, that's what it says. It says the French swimmer Frederick set the world record at a fifty-meter freestyle time of twenty point nine seconds. I mean, I, I hate to laugh at it because five miles per hour swimming is pretty quick. That's but, very quick. But but let's be real, twenty miles per hour, and then versus like she probably can reach up to like I'm guessing like th- I'm gonna give her a credit three and a half miles per hour. <laughs> those alligators she's, she's not making it past the oh those, 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 alli- those alligators are eating her oh yeah her to shreds and you see like like uh for instance another thing that was very unrealistic is so the dad's leg it was actually very realistic that his leg was broken and all but as soon as you see him go over tie the bar to his leg and then pop the bone back in place 
No one can do that without passing out. <laughs> no one on the oh, face yeah. of the planet. The injuries the dad, like, survived through, he should definitely have been passed out. Like, he literally shatters his leg so his bone is popping out. It's like Kevin Ware. It's literally Kevin Ware. Oh, yeah, it's disgusting. And then on top, well, he did pass out, but then when he has to pop it back in place, he didn't. He's awake for that. And then on top of that, he gets his arm death spinned out. I'll give him, I'll give him a little credit on this because he's probably already in so much like shock and pain and adrenaline's going for so long that he probably doesn't, he probably feels it, but it's probably not as bad. Like he already popped his leg back in place. Like you got to start at the beginning. I got, I got an unanswerable question. Is she still going to be a D1 swimmer after this event? No. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I mean, she has so many injuries. It wouldn't be possible. It literally bit her leg. And I'm like, okay. It bit her shoulder. It she, only, she ripped off her shoulder. And she's already struggling to be comp- – like, she's already struggling Like she might lose her scholarship. And her dad assures her it's all mental. Well, they're the apex predator. She's the apex predator. <laughs> all right. But, uh, okay, all right. What would you give this movie, Seth? Oh, I, I'd have to look. I mean, okay, it was I'll tell you pretty what I, low. No, actually, you know what? I gave it a 5 out of 10. Now, that seems lower than actually I think it is. Because, like I said, this movie wasn't offensive. It was a fun watch. I enjoyed myself for the hour, 27 minutes. Not a waste of your life. I definitely recommend going to see this if you want a couple jump scares and if you're into deep water creatures. I mean, it was fun. And if you're into that slim plot line that's, like, based on a true story, like, you got they took, like, this little <laughs> event and based on a true story, if you're into that... I'd say go watch it. I yeah. also give it a five out of ten. Oh, it did okay. Then you don't get treasure too much. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I like. I, mean, I, I didn't think it was like awful. The acting wasn't like awful. I mean, everything was just, the dialogue was a little cheesy at parts, but overall, you know, had some pretty good jump scares. If you like jump scares, and um, but I would say the other thing that didn't make any sense is about the baby alligators. Right, this hurricane's going on for maybe a day. Yeah, babies don't hatch in a day. They don't just are planted and hatch in a day. So that alligator must have laid those well, eggs yeah, down there that's like why I think, well, weeks and months ago. I agree. That's why I think it happened, which doesn't make any sense. And also, isn't that the worst basement of all time? Yeah, it leads right into where crocodile-infested water. And like, all, yeah, on top of that, it's open. It has, like, holes in it. I understand that. In Florida, like... I don't think they have basements in Florida. No, it was a crawl space. It wasn't a basement. I know, but... That's why it's called crawl. I got it. Did you get it? <laughs> also, also, I love the boyfriend of the sister that comes in, and he's oh, like, yeah, he's like, I'm gonna save you guys, I'm gonna save you guys, and then he just gets destroyed, he just gets and, shredded, and then like he's out of the kindness of his heart, you know, going down here to help him out, and then she, she's like, oh, I'll save him. And she like waddles over. She's like, ah, yeah, I can't save him. Waddles back. I'm like, like, let's be real. You can't save him. He's dead. Like with okay. those big of alligators <laughs> that are eating him apart. I do. I also have like a, a kind of. A, I okay. If I'm being super nitpicky, I'm trying not to be super nitpicky because this movie, you can literally sit there and nitpick it to death. So I'm trying to be good about this. But you know the scene where like they, they uh they come outside and they're trying to cross the water over to the boat and he's like, don't move. Yeah. Right? All that stuff. Also. I wonder the, if that's the cro- true. The cro- I don't think it is. No, I think it is. Cause no. I think, no, no, because get this, get this. Okay, so crocodiles' habitat is in murky water, really murky sure. water. So I think they are. their senses are kind of like bats because they're kind of blind underwater. Yeah, they see movement so, and they go to it. No, no, yeah. not see movement. They feel movement in the okay. water. I think that's what it is. They hear and feel movement in the water, and I think that's how they catch okay. their prey. I do think that is. Okay, okay, potentially. But also, why is every alligator just super hungry? And that's what I was going to say. Like, I think alligators can live, like, 
like at least a day or two if they're they have a big meal. Like the closest eat, thing to dinosaurs. Yeah, they eat like I think they eat like a big. Uh, don't quote me on this, but I think they eat like a big meal and they can survive like a day or two without eating again. Yeah, but they probably like. I mean, to help out the movie a little bit more, they probably were very aggressive because of all the change going on. Sure. Uh, yeah. Like, sure. Because it didn't even look like they were eating just to eat. And I understand the basement. Why they were very aggressive in the basement because their babies were by. That's true. That made sense. That's why that I do sense. it. But, but out by the yeah, gas station when everyone yeah, just yeah. gets shredded up. Like, that yeah. didn't make any sense. And what didn't make any sense is, so you know how the girl originally that was on the boat that was with the, they were trying to rob the ATM? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the alligator jumps up on the boat, right? Attacks her, eats her. Yeah. But then when she swims to the boat and gets on the boat, nothing jumps up. Like, yeah, I know. I thought like, that too. I'm like, I mean, what? I mean, overall, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say spend big dollars on this, even if you wanted to wait till it comes out to Netflix or something. But you know what? If you're looking for some cheesy fun, you'll enjoy it. It's fun watch. It's a fun watch. Yeah, it go, really go, is. Go buy the Man ticket. Go go see this movie, or have your parents buy it. Whatever you know, flush. Yeah, it whatever works for you, man. Uh, next, we're gonna be moving on to uh, Academy versus People, and uh, we're gonna go to the Academy Award winner for this year. In 19, it's 1975, but the Academy Awards were obviously held in 1976 that year. And it's going to be uh, The one, one Who Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So this is a very interesting movie. It actually won three Academy Awards. It won Best Picture, and I believe it won, I gotta check this. It won Best Director, I know the Best Actor. I mean, this 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 movie really swept the Academy Awards here, okay? And, um, I, I you know what? Seth, I'll break it down. Basically, a criminal pleads insanity after getting into trouble again. Once in the mental institution, he rebels against the oppressive nurse and rallies up the scared patients. Now, actually, it's uh, the main lead is Jack Nicholson. And obviously, he's a great actor. In this movie, he really shows that he's worth his crap. I mean, if he has it before, this is really it. And um, you don't really know if he's insane. Actually, pretty sure he's not insane. He's just a little kooky. He's more like those people that try like living off of healthcare all their life because they don't want to work. That's that's Medicare, the vibe. Yeah. I, yeah, that's the vibe I was getting. Yeah, he he like he he's in prison, but he doesn't want to stay in prison because obviously he's bad condition. So he tries to go plead insanity because he knows the conditions will be better. And um, I think this movie for me, I was shocked because this movie is like one of those movies that like is on your watch list forever. Like everyone says, go see this movie, watch this movie. And for me, I've been avoiding it for two years, not because I didn't want to watch it, just because I just been avoiding it just because other things have come up. And, you know, I finally sat down and we watched it and I absolutely fell in love with it. Now I was very confused about his horror candy situation. Like whether they dated in the past whether he just uses her as, you know, property. Yeah, she was just... <laughs> or she, what he uses I think she was just, like, a trailer park prostitute, and he's been, like... Good friends some, with her, kind he of. Some, yeah, he has some sort of relationship. Nothing romantic. Basically, friends with benefits at best. Yeah. I do have an interesting fact. So, this movie, actually, all the back, like, background people... Yeah. A lot of them in the hospital were actually taken from an actual sane asylum and actual sane people. Yeah, this, this movie, you know, it, um... It captures life in not, back in 1975 or whenever this movie is supposed to take place. I'm not real sure. But back then, they actually had mental asylums and stuff. And nowadays, they don't really have those. They have wings of hospitals that carry these people. But um, this movie, for me, though, was really effective because it, it painted these people, even though they all had issues, 
you definitely were able to like connect with them and see them as real people. You didn't see them because in most movies where they show mental asylums, I feel like it's always a horror movie. Like it's always this dark, scary place full of like crazy people who just want to kill you. And that's what you see in movies. In this movie, it didn't do that. I mean, going off my fact count, I, yeah. have, a, I have an interesting fact that I think you will really like. So Jack Nichols, Danny DeVito, and Vince, I don't know how to say his last name, were all patients in the hospital, right? And yeah. the one who flew the cuckoo's yeah, yeah. nest. They all played villains in Tim Burton's Batman movie in the insane asylum. That's pretty crazy. That's a, that's a Isn't good, that cool? That's a pretty Isn't that good pretty one. cool? Yeah, Jack Nicholson obviously plays the Joker. That's pretty good, actually. I like that. Yeah, this movie, it was um, it was very well acted. Oh, very well. Oh, ton, and ton, I know it was so good. I know we both had a problem with the nurse. Like, we didn't think she I'll get. I'll well. get into that in a minute. I'll get into okay. that in a minute. But all I was going to say is, I mean, I don't really don't know too much about insane asylums. Yeah. So, like, I'm really not going to knock it too much because, I mean, you are dealing with a different type of humans, like, interaction. Yeah. And, it, like I said, you know, it really normalizes them. Like, Jack Nicholson has a line in it. I'm not quoting exactly, but he says, like, we're all crazy enough to be in here. Like, he, he really... He's the hero of the film, and I hate rooting for him because he's in prison actually for statutory rape. Now, he didn't actually rape anyone. He gave a good case, though. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't actually rape anyone. What he did is he had uh, intercourse with a 15-year-old girl is what he said, and it wasn't against her will or anything, but obviously, you know, you can't do that with minors so he got trumped up to statutory rape charges so it's really weird rooting for him during this movie because you're like this guy's I actually don't a, know if i want yeah to you're, you're like this guy. guy's a scumbag like why are, but he brings everyone together and like like i said like they all they all seem like they go from almost hating their lives and when he comes in and interjects himself into their lives it seems like they all love it like my favorite scene in the movie is when he's he sneaks out. He gets out of of the mental asylum, right? He jumps on the bus, hijacks the bus, and takes them all out fishing. He's just the party animal. He's the one guy that you always want to invite to the party because he gets everything going. Yeah, I mean, he brings them all out fishing, and he has to sneak them out, and they all ask where he's from. He's like, oh, we're from the mental asylum. And he's like, no, this is doctor whoever, doctor whoever. And it was yeah, actually really funny. funny. They had and, a couple funny scenes, though. Yeah, and it's, just, it's really just a heartwarming film, you know? And the whole thing is he... Um, he, he's there, but he wants to make everyone's lives better when he's in there. So you root for him this whole time. And now, the nurse. This nurse is just seems like she just doesn't care. It's played by Louise Fletcher, and her name is Nurse Ratchet in the movie. This was actually her first like big film. She this was her first film that she was like a main actor. Yeah. She never played a role like that before. And they had apparently a ton of other famous people go out for the role, but he didn't. The director was a director of Foreman. Milo didn't like Foreman. it. Yeah, you know, and she actually, I've read a couple things about her in this. She plays such a, like a villain in this movie that actually, like, she on set, she didn't want people to think of her as this stern, mean lady. Like, so she tried to do all these things to make everyone think, like, she's a real nice person because she hated playing this. Well, she didn't hate playing the role, but she hated the persona of, like, this mean nurse. And, um, I mean, how can you hate making hundreds of thousands of dollars? <laughs> no, oh, yeah. Saying. Do you, okay, do you think she's actually evil? You mean out for, like, the bad? What do you mean, yeah. evil? Like, is she, we gotta is, she, is she a bad person? 
No, I don't think she's a bad person. I don't think she's a bad person. I think she's trying to help these people out. And it makes sense a lot of what she says. Like in the movie, she's like, she's like, no, we got to keep people on schedule. And she kind of keeps avoiding it because she's like, oh, we need to keep them on schedule. Because once you break down a schedule for li- little toddlers or well, a bunch of mental patients or mental patients, that's what I was going to say. Anyone that's like weak mentally, right? Yeah. You break down their schedule and you don't keep them on schedule. They're going to freak out. They're going to be offset. They're going to be going wild. And I think that's why she avoids a lot of the questions. And, yeah, in that same vein, I'm going to argue for her. She, um, at one point, they had start big, They have, like, group therapy sessions. And they start a big argument. A big argument breaks out because Cheswick is one fellow inmate. And he kind of goes along. He kind of, like, looks up to Jack Nicholson in this movie. Like, he's... He, like, kind of follows anything he does. And he kind of starts freaking out because he's like, where's our cigarettes? Like, you're supposed to give us our cigarettes. Like, we know we're getting cigarettes. We're rationing so many cigarettes, but we're not getting these boxes of cigarettes. And she says, well, you're not getting cigarettes because you keep gambling them away. And McMurphy, Jack Nicholson, keeps taking them from you. Like, I'm only going to ration them to you because you're going to lose them all. If I, if I give you all of them, you're just going to lose them all. So in some ways, she's protecting them. But this is what I say. Because I think there's an argument for her protecting him, but there's argument totally against her. Remember one of the first group sessions where things get totally out of hand, and she sure. just sits there and lets everyone just go maniac and start yelling at each other. Yeah. And then also the scene, spoiler alert, where she where the she's friends with the guy's mom, and he's like, "Please don't tell my mom. Please don't tell my mom." That, oh, in the end, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he goes out and slits his throat because she doesn't tell him. She, she she still stands by her threat. She's going to go tell his mom. And it's all he cares about. He doesn't want his mom to find out. So he slits his throat and dies. And obviously, that death is blamed on her. I blame her 100%. That's why I think she's evil. Or no. at the very least, doesn't care enough about her job at this point. No. See, now this is what I'd say. I'd say, just breaking it down, at least that last scene, She. it's not that she doesn't care. It's that everyone has, like, a peak in their life where just so much stuff is going on. No matter who you are, you're going to flip a little bit. Well, yeah. And I think that's what she did. Well, and I'm not saying she did the wrong thing by telling him that because she was trying to motivate him the other way. Now, granted, we all hate her for doing that because we knew he's unstable. And she probably would have handled it differently if they didn't have a big party the night before. Yeah, I, I Or mean, stuff I, like that. I give her a little credit because, I mean, that has to be the world's hardest job. Oh, yeah, you're, you're teaming track of, what is it, 20? 18? 18. Yeah, eight, 18 people who have mental... And what they find out, actually, in this movie, which is pretty fascinating, is a lot of the people in there are in there willingly. And I didn't understand that. That was that was very confusing to me. No, because they have that today. Like, what you do is you go in, and I know I'm going to botch this, but you can sign up for yourself, because you know if you have... Especially if you have, like, suicidal tendencies... You're going to check yourself into this place for six months. They'll keep careful watch of you. You can't leave for six months, and they'll try to fix you. Well, these people, they can't cope with everyday society, so they know they need help. So basically, they go to this place, and it keeps them in a routine that they can keep every day and keep them to a minimum because in real life, they might commit suicide or they might be hurt, so they commit themselves to this. I mean, it's always best for you to do it and not somebody to force you, yeah force you into it but the other thing why i'd consider her a villain is because just for this for instance she is so set like this is the only way we can do it she's not it it's the classic old person syndrome you know 
Yeah, she's they're not ways. open for change. They're set in their ways. And she's so set on this plan that she doesn't sit back and look at the big picture that Jack Nicholson is out here and he's actually making them enjoy life better and better. Now, obviously, some things he goes too far, like bringing in, bringing in candy yeah. and having yeah. her sleep with uh, the one guy. But, like, and other things, like the World Series. Yeah, maybe everyone doesn't want to watch the World Series, but they like the bonding time. They like cards, playing cards. They like gambling. They like, I mean, obviously going well, the on whole, the boats and yeah, other bad the, Well, the whole, thing, the whole thing is they're trying to show, like, they're still humans. Oh, yeah, well, like, they even are. Though, even though they're struggling with these mental illnesses and stuff, they're still humans, and they still enjoy human interaction. They enjoy the World Series and stuff. And uh, during this movie, another plot point is he becomes friends with this big, tall Indian man. This is a plot twist. Chief, Chief Bromden, right? And it's funny. And Chief Bromden is supposedly deaf and dumb for probably the first 60 to 70% of the movie. Like, you think he can't speak or anything, and Jack Nicholson takes a liking to him. And he's just trying to involve him and stuff and everything. And then eventually they get into some trouble. And they're sitting there. And he, Jack Nicholson, offers uh, Chief Bromden juicy fruit gum. a piece of juicy fruit gum. And he, he takes it. He says, thank you. And then Jack Nicholson's like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, he heard it, but he wasn't looking. So he's well, like. Yeah, he's like, I might be crazy. Like, so wait a minute. So he gets another piece and he hands it to him. He's like, ah, juicy fruit. And so this blows Jack Nicholson's mind, and it turns out that Bromden, he's not crazy. He's actually, well, I mean, he he might have some mental problems, but he's not deaf and dumb. Yeah, like he plays. He tries fooling everyone that he's deaf and dumb, so they leave him alone. And it's a really smart Yeah, thing exactly. Do. And uh, he's in there because he, I, they allude to the fact that he murdered his father because his father would get drunk and... They allude that he would beat him and stuff like that so that he just one time lost it. So anyways, Jack, R.P. McMurphy, which is Jack Nicholson and uh, Bromden, they set up this plan. They say, hey, listen, we're going to escape. We're going to escape to Canada together, right? So that's like the whole plot of this like second half yeah. of the movie. They're going to escape together. They're going to live life. But Bromden says like he's not strong enough yet. He still like needs a little more time. Needs a little more still help. Still recoup because he's been in there for years, not doing anything. He's not. Yeah. Yeah. And after the fact that uh, the nurse makes Billy Bob Bibbit basically commit suicide and slit his throat, Jack Nicholson like freaks out because he feels almost as like a father figure to this kid. He freaks out and starts choking the nurse. Nurse and almost kills her. Then one of the orderlies comes and knocks him out. And basically, what they do. Which is actually pretty tragic, because this this is the part which kind of upset me. Because give or take, he might be crazy, he might be insane, but he clearly through this movie portrays that he's not. He might be eccentric and stuff, but he's not insane. So what they do is they remove part of his cognitive ability. So basically, he's a vegetable, and so he comes back in the room, and Bromden comes up to him and he's basically well just to play off him this kind of happens earlier on when they do shock therapy and he walks in the room kind of the same way yeah and, he dumb, acts, yeah and he winks at yeah he yeah, winks yeah. at chief and then chief is like oh he's still good so then he makes a big scene so chief is probably thinking the same exact thing happened yeah so after this all comes back and he's gone for a couple weeks he comes back to the main room and he's put it back into bed and by this time bromden says chief says listen I'm ready to go. I'm a big man now. I'm ready to escape. Me and you, let's go. Yeah, yeah. So he goes over to him, 
and but he quickly realizes he picks up his head and sees the scars the incisions cut that they removed part of his cognitive ability and he just like he's just heartbroken and he realizes very quickly now i don't (laughs) he basically he puts the pillow over his face and suffocates him because he knows like this is not the life he'd want to live like he doesn't this jack nicholson wouldn't want to be a vegetable for the rest of his life like mcmurphy doesn't want to be a vegetable so he feels like this is his escape so basically suffocates him he dies which honestly i'm not mad about like yeah he kills him because but murphy's personality he you just know that that's not yeah chief knew that mcmurphy would not would not want to live as a vegetable and like this is his escape. Like, I mean, why would anyone? Exactly. Like, so he when he he kills him and then Chief goes in the bathroom, picks up this like sink thing that has symbolism. Yeah, it has symbolism because early on in the movie, Jack Nicholson bets everyone that he's gonna be able to lift up this big like shower marble countertop and throw it through the window to escape to go see the World Series and he can't do it. So then the chief tries it at the end and is able to do it. And he throws it through the window and escapes, supposedly off the Canada. They don't really show. They show him running. What what rating did you give this movie? I give it a 10 out of 10. Okay. And I thought I, it was honestly, I didn't see anything wrong in it. I agree. I this I gave it also a 10 out of 10. At first, you know, at the very first second, I gave it a 9 out of 10. Because I like reserving my 10 out of 10s. I agree. I like I agree reserving completely. them for these like special movies that like... So I'm really careful. But then I sat there for a few more minutes like thinking about it in bed last night. And I was like, you know what? This movie, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing it, at all. It was acted to the T. It was so good. It normalized, Crazy plot. Yeah, it normalized all these people. I mean, it made you it made you sympathize with a guy who is banging minors. Like, this is not a good guy, but it made you sympathize with him and everyone around it. It made the crazies or the people with mental deficiencies it made them seem normal yeah made made them seem like you and me you know and i just i really you know i'm so glad i finally watched this movie oh yeah for sure um yeah it was just a solid movie well we're gonna move on to our most popular movie top grossing film of uh, 1975 it is jaws now caleb give us the fun facts on jaws well actually let's explain the plot and then give us the fun facts whoever whoever has not seen jaws Basically, it's a small town, Amity. It's up uh, on the East Coast. You know, it's a fictional town. And uh, basically, a killer shark unleashes chaos on a beach community. It's up to the local sheriff, a marine biologist, and an old seafarer to hunt the beast down. And uh, so, basically, the movie starts off with, like, uh, some teens going the skinny dip in the water, and she gets attacked by a shark. And uh, it's going to be July 4th weekend. And back then, you know, especially, you know, they they couldn't shut down. They did, the last thing they wanted to do is shut down the beach. Because if they shut down the beach, then they're not going to get the visitors. And the local economy is going to crash. So the mayor is very, very careful about not shutting this down. And uh, this movie is two hours long. Directed by Steven Spielberg. You know, this has an all-star cast of Roy Schreider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfuss. You know, uh, Murray Hamilton is the mayor. And honestly, I love this movie so much. I mean, this movie plays such a big role in my whole, like, movie-watching experience. I love this movie to a T. And it, it, it's just one of those movies that 
you watch where you're young and you never really forget about it, you know? This shark basically comes in this town and wrecks havoc, but the whole thing is, I feel like, honestly, now that it's my 51st time watching this movie, is that the shark is really not the bad guy, you know, at the end of the day. You know, you have the mayor come into this town and he refuses, if the mayor shuts down this beach, the shark is not killing anyone else, but he refuses to shut it down, you know? Also, you know, if they go out and just shut down the beach for a couple days, hunt the shark, they might get it. The shark is gigantic, and everyone's trying to hunt it, but it just keeps killing people, destroying ships. Like, there's nothing can be stopped. So this marine biologist comes in, and he's even scared about it. And so finally, this one guy, Quentin, or Quint, you know, he's this old shark guy. He has all these scars, and he's the top shark. And he says, hey, I'll do it, but I'll do it for so much money. He's like your classic hunter like this guy like yeah he's like he's like this guy is not and when i say hunter i'm not like dissing hunters but i mean like this guy looks like he's lived on the sea every day of his life like that's what he looks like yeah and you know it's basically i don't know okay i feel like the main character is roy scheider you know he's he's this out of place mayor he doesn't like the water he comes and moves to amity becomes the sheriff of this island he was originally a NYPD officer, but he wants a quieter life. You know, he doesn't feel like he can make a change in in the New York City. So he comes here to this island to try to make a change. Well, he comes here. There hasn't been a murder in 25 years, you know. Easy job, you know, cupcake job. But then these shark attacks happen. And he's already scared of the water, so he knows he has to take care of it, you know. And people are just dying right and left being taken out by this shark. So... You know, and the mayor's always on his back saying, no, we can't shut down the beach. What are you talking about? You want to ruin the economy for everyone? And um, this is just a great movie. You know, it's it's a great classic horror movie. Like, and it's like a real life horror movie. So, like, it, I mean, it could happen. But considering we're from Michigan, the chances <laughs> of that happening is never, basically. Well, you know, it, it's... um. I'll let you go into actually what's based on because I know you know the backstory pretty well of what why Jaws was filmed, but um, in a, in a second. But uh, this movie you know is one of those movies that like everyone saw when it came out. It's the first real big summer blockbuster, and we don't really appreciate that now because we get so many of these Marvel movies and all these big time movies that we go see. But this was like really everyone went to go see this in America, like. I think there's like half the population saw this movie and when it actually aired on TV, it was actually bigger than like any Super Bowl you could think of how many people tuned in to watch it on ABC. And it's just, it's one of those movies that like, if you haven't seen it, you have to go see this movie. Like you have to watch this movie. It's so classic and it stands the test of time. There's a few cheesy parts, but I mean, this movie really, it's, I feel like now watching it so many times, it's less about the shark. And more about the people's interaction, how they deal with the shark, than the shark itself. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's just my hot take, seeing it for the 500th time. But well, maybe this movie just has like a lot that goes into it. Like, okay, so just going off the basis, if it, if it was based on a true story, everyone believes it was based on the 1960 New Jersey shark attacks. Because let's be let let's just let's just clarify something real quick. Whenever the media gets more into the news and gets, like, more, like, as we saw, the internet starts coming out more and news is more accessible to everyone. When people hear about certain things that maybe have been going on for hundreds of years, people just start freaking out more about it. And that's kind of how the New Jersey shark attack was. Somebody died. 
in New Jersey during a shark attack, and everyone believes Jaws was based on that, but it wasn't technically. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone credits it to being that, but, I mean, it really wasn't. It's just one of those things that I think it makes it a great movie because it it's something that could happen that everyone blows out of proportion, so it's basically everyone's fear. And a reason they picked... um. New Jersey, wait, where was it, where? I don't think they actually tell where exactly where it's at, but it's in the New England area. Oh, Long Island. It's Long Island, isn't it? No, it's actually, was filmed in Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, yeah, but it's supposed to be based in Long Island, isn't it? Well, I think it, I believe that's the island. It might be New York. No, 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 Long Island is a big, no, no, no. It's like a small island, maybe off of Long Island or something, but no, no, it's just amity. It's a a fictional town. It's not a real city or anything. Also, it was said that this guy... In uh, 1964, caught a 4,500-pound great white shark in Long Island, which I believe is... Isn't that... Is Amity a real town? And no, Amity is a made-up fictional That's what city. I thought. Yeah, yeah, it's all filmed in Martha's Vineyard. And um, it's just... You know, there's so much to talk about with this movie, because... Tell us a little bit about that shark. What? Oh. The shark. Oh, this okay. is interesting. Okay. Actually, okay, so this is, production for this movie was... I feel like any good movie production is just crazy. It was only supposed to be like 55 days, and it actually went on for like 150 days. But you so, guys also think this is 1974. There's no 75. CGI. Yeah, There's yeah, no yeah. CGI. Yeah. And Steven Spielberg, I think, is the master of practical effects, especially with monsters. I mean, he did also Jurassic Park and stuff. But this shark had so many problems. This mechanical shark, like, it kept breaking down. Like, they couldn't get it right. And actually, the shark was supposed to play a way bigger major role in this movie. But Steven Spielberg actually just said, listen, this thing keeps breaking down on us. It looks super cheesy. He actually really didn't like it. And he's like, listen, we're going to have it as minimal as possible. And by him doing that, though, him making that is super effective. Because if you think about any good horror, not any good horror, but most horror movies was because of this, where they don't show the the creature or the demon or whatever until way later because it adds that suspense and then when you finally see it hits you because they show you it right away it's not as scary and also it's really effective because if you think about it, the whole thing basically takes place in daylight you know it's a horror movie that plays t- takes place in daylight and also about horror movies you know there's plenty of horror movies that came out before jaws but the thing about jaws that was so groundbreaking is that like i said half of america watched this movie and this scared people to go on beaches and stuff, which is pretty funny. But people weren't used to horror movies, really. Like, there was a very select crowd that went to go see horror. But when this came out, this came, it was a summer blockbuster. Everyone went to go see this. So this scared people. This truly, because I remember my grandma, she tells stories that when she went to go see this, she actually was super terrified when she got left the theater. Like, this scared her to her core, this movie. Well, shark attacks is one of those things that sh- really strikes, especially the American population or even Northern American. So, just for the fact that you hear about what the most uh, what, what's the bay? Not Myrtle Beach, but uh, it's about New Smyrna with New the most sh- sh- shark attacks. Yeah, New Smyrna has the most shark attacks in the United States. In the world. Oh, is it? It must have just changed. No, no, no. This is it's what about be- Shark Cove in uh, no, no, no. Australia? This okay, well, besides the point, it only had seven. Shark attacks. I know. It's, it's last super, year. Exactly. But, and you know how many people swim there? Millions. Millions. And it's just one of those things where you have more chances of a coconut falling on your head and you dying than, or a vending oh, yeah. machine falling on you and dying than a shark attack. But it's one of those things where you saw movies. Like, they don't have evil vending machine movies, yeah. evil coconut machine movies. Well, I do, but. <laughs> yeah, but, but my yeah, point is, yeah. movies really do. Oh, it changes the culture. 
Yeah, I know because after this movie, there was actually a big onslaught of sharks because people were so scared of them. People would go out and hunt them. They almost extinct them. Or extinct. Made them extinct. Made, yeah, yeah, I agree. And okay, now get now getting more back to the movie. All right, who do you think the bigger villain is, the mayor or Jaws? The mayor. Well, no, I mean let's let's be honest. I actually I don't support the mayor, but I understand from the mayor's like not aspect what it be from his perspective i understand the mayor's perspective because this is a small town mayor and he's thinking listen the only time we get people in here to buy our stuff gross our economy so he really is thinking about the people somewhat yeah and he's like the only time he's like this is a rare shark attack we've had shark attacks before which i understand and then you got the other side of the spectrum which is uh whatever brody brody he never been in a town like this where shark attacks has never even been a face to him and he's like listen somebody's killing somebody we gotta we gotta act on this right now close down everything everything shut down but the mayor's like listen this happens we need to make money exactly well he knows this weekend is so important and you know um uh mayor vaughn you know it's really funny because there's a scene where they catch a shark right after the kitten boy gets killed you know they, they catch the shark and um they think that everyone's praising because they think there's a shark. Well, then the marine biologist says, hey, uh, Hopper, you know, he, he goes and he goes, Hooper, I mean, he says, hey, uh, we, we got to cut the shark up to make sure that uh, this is the real deal. And he says, uh, the mayor's like, we're not going to cut open this shark and do a half crap autopsy on this shark right now and let the kitten boy uh, come out of his stomach. You know, and the mayor, you know, he's such, so. It, is. it makes you hate him, but if you actually sit back and look. It actually makes sense what he's trying to say. Yeah, but if he just shuts down the beach for one day, it's all he has to... And you understand... But listen, this is also before internet, man. If he shuts down the beach for one day, the only people that know were the people that are on that beach for that day. Like, he, there's no Twitter. Okay, but here's the thing. All those people come, see that the beach is shut down. Yeah, They're but not coming time. back years he later. Had, he had time before that. And killed. Let's be real. What's the best way to catch a shark with bait? You see where I'm going with this one? Whatever Quint. <laughs> you see where I'm going no, with this I'm one? No, I'm whatever Quint says. But anyways, this movie turns quickly from this town to the last part of the movie, or the last big chunk of the movie is it's just... Which is probably the best part. Oh, honestly, for, sure. for sure. It's Brody, Quint, and Hooper. They're on his Quint's boat. Quint makes it clear he's the captain, the side mate. He's everything, right? Now, who would you say is the most interesting character in this film? Oh, that's film? not even a question. It's, I think it's Quint. It's Quint. Yeah, I think I think Brody, played by Roy Schneider, great actor, but is is so good in this movie, and he almost seems like the main character, but as soon as Quint takes a major role in this film, I don't even talk about the part where you like, I'm the chalkboard. I'm talking about after when he's on the boat. As soon as he takes over the movie, you're watching Quint. That's well, who you're watching this whole time. Caleb. Caleb. Can any modern actor, can Daniel Day-Lewis be drunk on the job and still act as good as he acts? Like, well, actually, come on. Actually, there's a funny part. You know, there's the scene, you know, where he's talking about the USS Indianapolis and Quint was on it, you know, after they're talking about scars and that all, it's actually a true story. That but this, it adds to the movie, I will say. Oh, it does. I think that's a great place to put it in. But listen, listen, this is the crazy part. So he gives his whole speech how he's on the USS Indianapolis during World War II and what happened was this boat went down. It got shot down by a Japanese torpedo submarine. Yeah, yeah, because it was carrying the atomic bomb. Yeah, yeah, it was carrying a bomb. Anyway, so it got shot down. It got split in half. So a lot of the crew died, but then a lot of the crew was left in the water in these shark-infested waters, and the sharks would pick them off one by one. There was 1,196 men aboard it, 
approximately 300 went down with the ship. It sunk in 12 minutes, and roughly 900 were alive, and they were in shark-infested waters, and a lot of them were dehydration, salt water, poisoning, exposure, injuries sustained from the ship, and then shark attacks, but they're not clear on how many shark attacks it's yeah, up for a debate. That's crazy. I didn't actually think that many people, like, made it off the ship. 900. Yeah, but only 317 survived. I know. So Quint has, like, this built-up rage against sharks. Well, the funny thing is, is because the whole scene they're drinking, and they're supposed to be, like, drunk, and they're kind of supposed to be, like, talking about things, right? And it actually makes them really humanizes everyone, and it makes you really like them. It makes them seem like they've been friends forever, you know, kind of thing. But the thing was, he tried to film it. He actually wanted to film it drunk. So he films it drunk, right? And they can't take any of the takes, right? So that night, he feels bad. He says he calls up Steven Spielberg. He says, listen, let's refilm that. I know I can do it better. The next day, they go out and film it. He films it in one take. That perfect sequence in one take. And well, he, I mean, he's. it was just it was what they wanted, honestly. Yeah, and he like, he plays such a perfect role, you know, and his gruesome death, you know, is... Oh, actually, no, I have actually a pretty cool fun fact. You know the scene where Hooper goes down to the water in the, in the into the shark cave, or into the shark cage, you know, thing, where they drop yeah, him down yeah, to the water? Yeah. And uh, when they drop him down there, you know, it's a great line where he says, I can't spit, because he has to, like, wipe yeah, off the yeah. goggles because he can't do it. Well, he, when he goes down there, they actually use a real great white, but they put a midget or small people, I don't know the politically correct term, in the cage to make the shark look, look even bigger. Yeah, to, look, to actually look bigger. It's actually a midget who's in there, and they use a shark. And actually, the shark, you know that scene where they're trying to bring it up, and it like keeps yeah. like, flopping around? That's a real shark. It actually got caught, and that was not supposed to happen. It's actually pretty funny. Yeah, it's actually... This movie, like I said, has a ton of... And also... Well, wh- just, just the fact, like, you're saying how everything aligned, just the fact that... They tried filming this in it's New Jersey, right? They filmed it. I, yeah, New York. Yeah, I don't know. No, and they tried filming. It, but my yeah. point is, they tried filming it for days and days, and they had so many crappy days that they couldn't film it. And then they had this one perfect day, and they go out there and they film it in yeah. one day, like this perfect sea scene. It's it's honestly it's this movie. It, it also adds to it because you know, Quint, which is played by Robert Shaw, which is actually from The Sting. If you've been listening to the podcast. Um, he's in, he's in it and he looks super old. I think he's only in his mid fifties, but him, yeah, he does think about this two years prior. He was in the sting and looks a thousand percent healthier. This movie, he actually looks like he's like 60, a dr- drunk oh, yeah. who smokes. He actually looks that bad. I think he looked that bad in real life cause he dies pretty early. And, um, but anyways, I guess everyone says he was a real nice guy until he took his first sip of alcohol. <laughs> And he just kept taunting Richard Dreyfus, which is Hooper, the whole time. And at one point, he he's like, you won't jump off the top of the boat. And Richard Dreyfus keeps refusing and refusing. And he keeps making this bet. I'll give you $1,000. And gets all the way up to $10,000. And finally, Steven Spielberg steps in and says, listen, no, we can't have him get hurt. We need him for <laughs> filming. And it's like, it's, it's so funny because there's actually real tension in real life between uh, Quint and Hooper. And I can kind of, you can see it in the movie, and it's so good because I think there was real tension in real yeah, life. Yeah, makes it look realistic. Uh, and you know, I think this is like uh, this movie. Is, I think 
sticks with us and it becomes a classic for many, many reasons, right? This is one of the most rewatchable movies, classic movies of all time. But I think one of the main reasons is the score, you know, and actually at first when uh, it was pitched to Steven Spielberg for that to be like the Jaws theme, Steven Spielberg thought it was a joke and said, is that it? Like, that's what we're going to have. But if you think about it, Steven Spielberg also directed like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Jurassic Park and stuff. And all those movies have such a distinct theme, you know? Oh, they do. And that's why I think, I think it, like, they're all unique in their own way. Exactly. And they all, like, if I tell you what's the theme to Jurassic Park, most people are going to be able to tell me. If I tell you what's the theme to Raiders of the Lost Ark, most people are going to tell you. And Jaws. most people have seen them. Well, that's, classic what I'm saying. Movies. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's like some kind of earworm thing where, like, we if we can connect sound with the movie, we're wow. able to think about it better, you know, kind Jaws of thing. Jaws has definitely, I would say, the best, or not the best, but the most known yeah, well, that's that's my, sure. but that's my whole point is like the the scores help I think make it so popular, you know, because they're so great. And, you know, also, um, is this the first and last great deep sea water creature film? If you get my drift, what do you mean? Like they had the Meg like two years ago. I yeah, mean, yeah, it was trash, but that's I mean, my it point. Still was a sea. You mean good one. You mean what I'm saying is Jaws, I feel like, brought on this era of like it was so good, right? So well received. Everyone loved it. So everyone tried to repeat it. And I does has anyone made a movie Sharknado? Like, come on. (laughs) This is my point. Sharknado is phenomenal. (laughs) There's like five Jaws, right? And honestly, the second one, you can maybe debate there's parts of it that are okay. But overall, Jaws is the only movie I can really think of about deep sea water creatures that actually like pans out to be a great movie. I can't like I there's the deep blue uh what I don't know the one with Samuel L. Jackson the shallows yeah they're garbage like but that. that's what I'm saying those are those are bad like the crawl like crawl for example like if you want to throw that in there I will say that's probably one of my favorite modern day <laughs> sea creature movies well, that's, that's what I'm saying they're all garbage like there's it's a very slim thing and they're they're I guess you can say they're fun to watch but Jaws is the only one that was actually like really well done and well I guess when you count Godzilla. Okay, that's like, what's that's gonna... a sea movie. Kind okay, of. but it th- comes from the sea. Okay, nah, nah, or like nah, Pacific Rim, because like the I mean, the second nah, one was nah, absolute nah. trash. But because well, that's what I was, I was also gonna say. originally I was gonna say like this is the last great like creature film, but then Jurassic Park, you know, also came out, which I guess you could say is a creature film. But like any deep sea water movie sucks, in my opinion. Like I mean, they're okay if you like them, you like them. But I don't think any. Well, we John, haven't seen the classics like Twenty Thousand Leaves Under the Sea. Oh, either. I've seen that, but that doesn't count. Like it doesn't. For me, Jaws is the first and last great deep sea water creature movie. Now, you, when you say deep sea, you mean like you're talking about like monster plot, right? Not even monster. I'm just talking about like like anything to do with the ocean. Any Pirates ocean. Caribbean. It's not. No, come on. That's not. You know. They get not attacked it. by kraken, man. It's like five percent of the film. Okay. It's not even a good. Right, movie, I'm just relatively. trying to look up comebacks here. <laughs> But, I mean, this movie, okay, also, is this the most rewatchable film of all time? Are you asking me this? No, I'm asking our other guys. Okay, um, I'd say no. Really? I know you're going to say yeah, and because that's the only reason you asked the question. Okay, okay, is this, alright. But I do, this, before we top, finish. Is this top five? Oh, yeah, easily. Top three? Ooh, uh, like a dog's eye. 
<laughs> no, probably Come the best. On. The best quote in that. That's a bad hat, Harry. No, no, <laughs> that's the best quote. Like a nice hat. All right. Well, why is it your number one? <laughs> no, I. I mean, what about your I famous think... movie, Sandlot? No, I listen. listen. What's more relatable? Tell me. You're gonna hit, hit me with it straight up. I think honestly, I could watch Jaws more times than Sandlot. It has so much depth to it. Like, not depth, but just, like, so rewatchable. The interaction between Qu- Quint and Roy Schneider. Okay, there's so many great scenes. There's so many All great right. scenes in this movie. Remember when he brings up the two bottles yeah, of wine, Yeah, I'm not right? saying it's not a great he movie. Brings up, he brings Hooper comes over, you know, he brings up two bottles of wine, right? One white, one red, because he doesn't know which one he likes, right? And, uh, <laughs> and Roy Schneider, you know, Brody, he sits there, he takes the red wine, and he pours himself literally a full this cup glass because he's so stressed out there's so much great oh, acting yeah. in this and it's so just rewatchable for me and then the ending where he shoots listen okay if, yeah but that's thing, like kind of cheesy ending not, let's be oh, real it's super cheesy I mean, but has this not been every like if you were sitting there until Mythbusters broke it but I don't even trust them you're like dude if I ever get no, in no, trouble not have if I, no, no, no no listen if I ever get in trouble listen I would not base I'll anything just off shoot, of Jaws I will just shoot the <laughs> I would literally. I would not just base shoot anything. the oxygen takes. It'll blow it up. Like, is that not in okay. the back of your mind to everything? You know. So now, on another note, we're gonna. I'm gonna say a little nitpick here. Okay, right? go ahead. So, probably my main nitpick, which kind of strayed me away the first time I watched Jaws a little bit, was because I'm a big shark person. I like sharks a lot. I read a lot about them. But in the beginning, when she's swimming, right? Yeah. Shark attacks do happen. I believe they happen most at dusk. I believe that's like the best Probably time because feeding time. Yeah. yeah, but um, when she gets pulled in and she's dragged around, it literally makes you think the shark is straight up in the air and dragging her like it. And here, here's my explanation. So like alligators, when they grab you, they spin. They do. Yeah, they yeah, do that. Eels spin, do yeah. that too. They, a lot of animals do that. Sharks, they just bite. And generally, once they bite. They realize it's not sealed because you don't have any like much is, fat on your body. Hold on, hold shark. on, hold on. This is the killer. Shark. Okay, I'll get into that. <laughs> like a so it makes more sense <laughs> if it was like a bull shark or a tiger shark because they're more known to eat actually things that aren't in their food chain. A great white, yeah, it might take a giant your leg off or something. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't keep eating you. Okay, but this okay. is not like it's not as realistic. Oh sure, but for one, it's also like a forty-foot shark. But um, well, I, that's I, what they I have want a couple. I have a couple arguments to that. Now I'm not gonna speak like I lived in this time era, but I feel like Jaws popularized sharks. Like think about now, we have Shark Week. You grow up loving sharks and shark books and everything. Oh no, I'm and not. So, so what like... I'm saying is, I think the inf- the general populace, the information they had about sharks, and probably the only shark they knew about was the great white shark. Oh no, I'm saying like. I mean, well, they knew about more because they named. Them. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying the general, general yeah. pop. And if you're gonna do a movie, you do it on a great white shark. That's what I'm it's saying. The biggest it's, shark is the, the most fearful shark. Yeah, exactly. For sure. I'm not arguing that. I think they just could have done that scene a little bit better. Like, like for instance, like you know when they originally when it first grabbed her, pulled her under, right? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah if, but so, but so, that wasn't bad. But when it sits there and spins her around, like that doesn't happen. Or what it could have done is like, I mean, okay. So this, so but this also taunt. You're desensitized. That scene haunted people. You know where also. Yeah, but it's just not yeah, true so, at all, and so it's not even realistic. You know when Quint dies and we kind of chuckle at it. You know because the shark comes up on the boat and starts like yeah, but him. I can still see that's more realistic. And blood comes out of his mouth. Okay, this, do you not? Re- do you not recall like guard people? 
Do you not recall, like, I showed you, like, it was, like, back in 2010, they caught the fattest shark on the face of the planet, and when they got it up on the boat, it actually killed, I believe it killed somebody, and it sunk the boat because it was so so fat. No, no, like, it was legit fat. I'll show you the video again. But my point is, that's not, like, unrealistic because they're out in the deep sea where great whites are, and, like, great whites are known to attack things out there, right? Yeah. And generally, great whites will hop out of the water. Like, they'll come out of the water. They don't, like, like, they're not, like, alligators who bite you and twist, right, right there. So my point is, that's not, like, I mean, yeah, it's unrealistic because it literally jumps on the boat and does it. But it's way more unrealistic that it grabs her and drags her in circles. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I know, How I know. would the shark be even be able to do that is my point. It, I think, once again, I think it was more just like... Like, it should have, like... A haunting okay, moment. My only suggestion, which obviously he knows better than me because he's a better director because I haven't directed any yeah. movies or anything like that. It could have, like, pulled her, right? Yeah. And then she came up and then bit her again and like pulled her back or something like that yeah. or pushed her forward or I I don't know. It just spinning just did not seem that realistic. And I got the point from it like yeah, she's drowning like getting eaten by the shark. I understood the point. Is this Steven Spielberg's best movie? Ooh, that 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 honestly is a tough one on my list. Uh, Jaws Jurassic Park, ooh, Bumblebee? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a producer. He did direct I know, that. I know, I know. Uh, no. Um, is it his best, or are we saying is it like... Oh, it's it's my personal favorite. That's what I mean. But is it is it his best? I mean, he does. He goes on to do Schindler's List. Yeah. He does Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, I know, that's what I'm saying. Is and it, I would say... I mean, okay, because Saving Private Ryan is also a very realistic movie, and it's partially true. Like, it's probably as accurate as you can get out of all of his movies besides Schindler's List. Well, the first scene. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, 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 that's what I mean. So, I mean, that that's honestly a tough call. I mean, I would say, is it his best? I would say yes. Just for the fact, most known, great acting. And honestly, I mean, no one's ever even came close to doing what he did. Yeah, I I mean, nowadays he's almost a meme with, like, Ready Player One, the BFG. I mean, he's done some real just kind of garbage movies lately. But um, I, I, for me, I mean, I love Jurassic Park. And, you know, the way he does the practical effects in Jurassic Park is crazy like that movie still holds up till today and it's insane how well it holds up but uh, also jaws he's i think he was like 26 when he made this keep that in mind he's 26 years old and he makes this movie that we're talking about over f- almost 50 years later you hey know? give me seven years all right <laughs> i'll be right there with him and it's just i think i don't ah, man i don't know man I think this is. I don't think this is his best movie he's ever made, but I think this is my. Fa- Would you put it in my best? favorite? I mean, I can't. I can't tell you. I mean, I mean, it, it's a tough. It's tough. tough Close but... Encounters of the Third Kind is up there because that like this catapulted him. But I mean, I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. I love Jurassic. Yeah, Park. but you got put 
Saving Jaws. Private Ryan. I love. You got to put Private Jaws Ryan. in that category. No one's done anything even close to it. I know what he what he did with the horror genre. He made it mainstream. The summer blockbuster is insane, and what he did for movies and stuff is insane. But I I can't I can't say this is his this is his best movie. Okay, well on that note, what'd you give the movie rating wise? Oh, this movie this movie's a ten out of ten for me. I could watch this movie all the time. It's so good. It's so great. I mean, I would have to agree ten out of ten because I really only had that nitpick on that one scene. I mean, I hate, I, don't, let me make this clear. The most annoying scene I've ever seen in a movie is when he does his nails across the chalkboard. I just want to just rip off his hands. That is just, like, so cringy in every level. Yeah, Quint is just, like I said, you really like Brody. Like, Brody's, like, the main character, the sheriff, you know, he's in the movie. And also, you know what, what I really do like, though? I really do like when he films, and it's, like, that small town feel. Like, all the yeah, shots of agree. all of the small town stuff. But Brody is, like, this. he's, like, the main character. But I feel like as soon as Quint takes a quintessential role, no pun intended, he automatically steals the movie from everyone, you know? With his lines about his scars and everything and how he, he's just, he's the master, man. He's the master. He just, and then when he breaks the radio because he goes insane, and he's yeah, just like, just we're crazy. catching the shot like he, I love it. I love it so much. So on that note, which one, Caleb, would you give is the best movie oh, for 1975? Man. This this one, you know, every time we've done this so far, it's been pretty easy. You know, to tell which one won. Because well, they're both ten out of ten. I know that's what that's what I'm saying. I really love both of them, but I mean, I have to give One Who Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest a couple more watches. But um. I think I think Jaws. I think Jaws because Jaws. I think seriously got snubbed. I don't think it won. Like, I think it might have won one Oscar. Well, okay, but it's all in our hearts, you know. But that's my point. It didn't win like anything, and this movie should just. In th- its defense, it was movie. up against the one who flew the cuckoo's nest, who I will say had a better actor than yeah. Okay, okay. Any of them, I would okay. also say supporting cast though. The supporting actor Robert Shaw Quint. He should have been. He should have won. He, I, I mean, he was good, but like, oh, he was great. Okay, I don't know who won that year. Like so I would have to know. <laughs> I would have to know who won that year. But yeah, I would personally say the one who flew the cuckoo's nest was better. I liked it better, oh, honestly. My gosh, I really did. I think Jaws know. is a more rewatchable movie. Oh, how are you, my brother? Let me say this. Oh my gosh. I think it's more rewatchable for sure. Oh. But the one who flew the cuckoo's nest. Also did something that was just insane with the mental institution Listen, and everything done. This is what's wrong with this and generation. And I will say, I will say, on another point, that Jaws is maybe, maybe a centimeter behind it. Oh it's so God. close. I would, I would honestly have to tie them. But if I had to pick one, I really did like the one who flew the cuckoo's nest. Listen, 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 listen. I give the one who flew the cuckoo's nest all the props in the world. I give it a ten out of ten. I only have like twenty five to thirty movies with ten out of ten. You've right? also only seen twenty five to thirty movies. <laughs> <laughs> but I give that movie such a high score. But you're telling me it's better than Jaws. Yeah, I think it was better acted. I think that's okay. really what carries okay. it over okay. Bird. Now, okay. granted, I like the shark aspect because I I just dig that. But I don't think it, the movie is. I feel like the movie's so 
It's about the shark. It's definitely you about the shark. You can't tell me that the one who flew the cuckoo's nest didn't have better acting. Seth has great acting. Okay. But Quint. Plot. No. Quint. Quint that's Roy a Schneider? Robert Shaw. Roy one Schneider. Guy. Richard Dreyfus. That trio Every... are so good. Okay. And I would say the one who flew the cuckoo's nest was more realistic. They had more realistic things in it. Like, for instance, all the people in the background okay. were actually right. real right. people that were insane. A group of friends are coming over. Which movie are you choosing? Oh, I'm choosing Jaws. Okay. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, that's a different aspect <sighs> completely. I mean, I, I like, respect your opinion, but I hate you. Like, I mean, <laughs> if your group of your friends are coming over and let's say you have a couple choices, like this comedy, like let's say... Or The Lobster. I'm showing them The Lobster. No, that's no. Don't question. ever watch The Lobster. <laughs> that's not even a question. But on man. that note, we have our movies. Caleb thinks Jaws is better, and we all know the one who flew the cuckoo's nest is better. No, no, no. No one does. Okay, but we would also like to thank our sponsors, Caleb and Seth, and our directors, Caleb and Seth, and our speakers, Caleb and Seth, and our editor, Caleb, and (laughs) everything else. Also, all of our very loyal fans out there, this one goes out to you. In Canada, we see you. We see you. <laughs> we much appreciated. So uh, we'll come. We'll be coming back next week with. Uh, I know this. This is actually kind of an oddball week because uh, was kind of crazy. We're gonna go back to the People versus Academy, but for this week, well, we're on the People versus Academy. So you mean we're gonna continue? Exactly. That's what I was exactly saying. I don't know what you're talking about, but that's um, what we're gonna go see. It's gonna be Rocky because it won. Actually, it was a top-grossing film. And also, the new movie for this week, oh, which gosh. Caleb's going to be reluctant no, in saying. No, we're not going. Oh, my gosh. I'd rather die. We will most likely be seeing The Lion King, which Caleb will probably kill somebody over. But the week after that, we're very excited for, which I will not spoil what the movie is. But So we will be seeing The Lion King as our new movie. And then we'll be rating or breaking down Rocky, which has been done a billion times. And then also uh, this week, because there was only two movies, uh, I felt like I we wanted to go see us, you know, something special. So I let Seth; he's going to tell me what movie we're going to watch this next week. And so I'm kind of scared, but we'll we'll see what it is. So what is it? originally, I was going to pick a movie that me Caleb hasn't seen that I'd like to, but Caleb figured out the movie, so that I had to change. <laughs> and I changed to a movie that been a long time, not a long time argument, but Caleb did, wouldn't watch on his own. It's a Pixar, and it's not Coco, because I know that's what Caleb was thinking. It's Good Dinosaur. And oh, Caleb, my gosh. I hate you so but much. Caleb has never seen this, and he's going to sit here and knock it, and he's never seen this. And I, was, I have a good buddy that oh would agree with me word. that this is not a bad movie at all. I am literally was sitting here because I, I knew it was going to be Pixar, and I was like, Please be Cars Three. <laughs> we like, all I'll take know Cars Three. The Cars is the worst Pixar franchise. Also, I just want to tell everyone: uh, no one go see this new remake of The Lion King. We'll we'll, do- we'll dive all deep right. into this, but no one go see it. Just listen to our thing and don't waste your money. Don't support this garbage. All right, guys. See you later. <laughs>